Live with CDP Sports Talk, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet. Live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. And on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor FM, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Radio Public, and TuneIn. Now, here's your host, Chris Palme. Good morning. Uh, welcome to Season 6, Episode 6 of Live with CDP Sports Talk, brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership, 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Automall. Check out barrycullen.com for the newest selection of new and pre-owned GM vehicles, or give them a call at 519-824-0210, or email them at info at barrycullen.com. Um, thanks again, everybody, for coming on live with CDP Sports Talk on this uh, Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. I can't believe it's almost June, and uh, I'm looking forward to my guest today. My guest, it's her first time on our show. Her name is Jessica Bench. She's an agile coach, and she's also the founder of Vanguard Voices, a champion for psychological safety in companies as well. So I'm really looking forward to speaking from Jessica, who's currently right now in Switzerland, and I believe it's about 4 o'clock their time as well. Good afternoon, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much for giving me uh, some time out of your schedule to come on today and, and talk a little bit about your career and, and, and some of your work that you do. Thank you. How are things in Switzerland right now? Things are wonderful. The sun has come out. It feels like the April, May showers are, are be starting to be behind us and summer is coming. So everybody's in a good mood here from what I see. Do you guys get a lot of um, uh, people with allergies there in May with pollen and that, like they do here in Ontario? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, because I am one of those people that has allergies. And unfortunately, every May and August, I suffer from the uh, pollen from the trees here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the same here. It's the same. I was reading up on Switzerland. Uh, It's only 8.7 million population. So it's actually smaller than the province of Ontario. Yes. Right in the center of Europe. But we are surrounded by four countries, uh, France, Germany, Austria, and Italy. And where I'm located, which is Basel, um, literally 10 minutes to the German border, another 10 minutes to the France border. So wow. it's uh, it's really special. Um, yeah. And I put on a background for you, too, from Switzerland as well. I do that with all my guests. And, yeah. and, that, and, and I've never been on an airplane yet, but I think if I do go on an airplane, I would like to visit your uh, country because I've seen so many great uh, TikTok videos of the mountains and, 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 and how beautiful it is there. It really is. It really is. I've been here for 17 years, and it never gets old seeing all the mountains and the lakes. Um, just the beauty that's around it's it's and it, it it's not even a long drive for me to to get there um so it's it's really a gift um to be in this country i was also reading up as well i like to do my homework seven thousand lakes that's unbelievable seven thousand lakes <laughs> yes do you do you and your family ever do any boating there 
Um, yeah, over the summertime we have yeah. gone. Um, I mean, it's generally, um, you know, it's a normal thing to go to the river. So we have the river um, in, in Basel. So it's it's a, actually a very nice Sunday afternoon pastime to sit by the river, have a drink, um, you know, with your friends or read a book. So it's very, it's quite normal here. Um, and yes, you can go boating. Um, that's a, that's a little bit outside of where I live, but we, we have done that before too. And now is your, is your president, is it a president or a prime minister there? Oh, <laughs> um, it is a president from, what, I'm not so, so clued up in all the, um, uh, pol politics here because yeah. English is not, is not even the official language. Um, but yes. Okay, well, we'll get into some questions and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, like I said, I like reading up on new countries and and, and with my guests, um, which this podcast show is now international as well. So um, Jessica, I'm based here in Ontario in a city called Guelph, which is an hour from Toronto and maybe a couple hours from Buffalo. But can you tell my audience here in Ontario just a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I was brought up in Toronto and born and brought up in, in Toronto, Canada. And I was born into an Indian home and with that, an Indian community. And so my upbringing um, was very much Canadian in the schools and then coming home to very, um, you know, Indian traditions and, 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 and culture and also on the weekends meeting with people from our community. Um, I was brought up, told to work hard, and if you work hard, you will succeed, and just always to put everything into all that you do. And um, and so when I graduated from university, I thought, okay, I'll work for a couple of years, and I felt, okay, why don't I um, look beyond the walls of Canada, the borders of Canada? I wanted to see the world. And so 17 years ago, I moved to Switzerland. And I've been here um, with full of gratitude um, and admiration in the sense of I never expected my life um, the way, you know, to turn out the way it is today. Um, since moving here, of course, I met my husband who is German South African. We have three children. In fact, we have six flags on our door for Canada, Indian, German South African, Filipino, because we have a girl who also belongs, is part of our family from the Philippines, and the Swiss flag on top. And I'll also add, we don't officially have it on the door, but we also have, uh, should probably add the Ukrainian flag, because we've been um, housing, refu um, you know, guests here over the last year. How many languages do you currently speak, and uh, how much of an adjustment was it coming from Canada to Switzerland at the beginning? Uh, as long as you don't test me. <laughs> okay, I promise, I promise. I'll say that I speak, you know, uh, three languages, but very, very little, you know, I would say baby German and baby French. Um, my everyday working language is, of course, English, because I work in an international company. And how much was it a, an adjustment? It was an adjustment, because I came here you know, in when I was young and I didn't know anybody, 
I literally was taking a risk. And at that time, that was the time, you know, I felt I could. And it was an adjustment in terms of things like things go quiet, generally speaking, um, after 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. I was living in an apartment building and there was a laundry schedule that I had to adhere to. So that meant that there was uh, one laundry day or two laundry days for all the residents in the building. And I found that really challenging at times. Of course, there were adjustments to uh, not only the language, but also the food and just the culture in general. And you know, I, I really struggled in the early years, I must say. I'm so used to, um, yeah, just I'm, 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 I was used to, for example, on the street in, in Toronto, if, if, I, if I walk down, it's very normal to say hello and good morning with a smile to somebody. Here, people are very uh, focused and kind of, um, I'm not saying that people don't say good morning, but it's just a very different tone and a different um, different style of interacting, um, you know, between between each other. So a lot of adjustments, but because my husband is German, he also has helped me along the way. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, the time difference is what, five hours ahead of us here in Ontario, I believe? It's um, six six hours. Six hours. Okay. Yeah. That's something I got to work on uh, is the time changes for, for doing these shows as well to make sure I get the right times with my guests. But uh, did that take you a little while too, to get used to the time change as well for your body and stuff? Oh, I, the body, the body um, finds its uh, rhythm within a week. Okay. So they say that for every hour of time difference when you're traveling, then it takes, so in this case, it would have taken me six days to recover. I find it anyways easier when I go backwards from here to Canada. Somehow I'm able to adjust easier. It does it takes less than six days, but coming from Canada to here, that anytime I come from um, North America to Europe, it's it, it takes a few days for recovery. All right. Um, this leads to my next question. Uh, you mentioned you went to university. Uh, when you went to school, um, did you have a mentor or mentors when you were in school or after school in your, yeah. in your career? It's interesting because I, I, it's hard to pinpoint one or even two mentors along the way. There have been so many, whether they were teachers or um, people in my community or um, people I've worked with, but there is one person, maybe I'll, I'll just highlight. And it's some, it was a guidance counselor in high school. And I was going through a difficult time in high school and I had, a, and I, had, I became close to her. And she had said to me um, that, you know, towards the end of university, she would agree to write the reference letter for the admissions to university. And I will never forget what she wrote. And she said, Jessica has the ability to overcome any obstacle. She has an, a resilience that is so strong, that is admirable. And I just thought, wow, that's, it's amazing how other people can see you and you don't see it in yourself. And it's sort of, you know, that, that message has kind of subconsciously, I would say, has carried with me throughout my life. And um, I think the power of words is amazing. So I'm thankful um, to her uh, for, for that and for so much that she did. 
Absolutely. And as you know, I'm working on a new career as well. I don't really per se have one mentor, but I have had a number of people give me some advice and just tell me to be myself and just give me little tips of information where I can uh, use to improve myself and my show in the future as well. Yeah. Wonderful. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, one thing too, Jessica, it's never too late to switch a new career. I didn't know what I wanted to do until I was 47. So uh, some people know when they're younger, some people, it takes a little longer like me. And, and this is something I have a passion for. And I absolutely love the storytelling aspect of my show. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is a time, I mean, it's always been the time, but especially now to have these skills, to be able to, um, um, to pivot, you know, for whatever life brings you. And I truly believe that we all have a purpose and we need to live into that purpose. And if we're not, uh, we need to find our way in, in life so that um, everything we do, what we do is meaningful. Absolutely. And my last career, I was compensated well, uh, benefits and pension and stuff like that, but I was not happy there. And uh, I'm just the last three and a half years, I, I, I might not be doing as well financially, but I'm a lot happier. And this is something that I have a passion for. And I think I've made some progress in those three years. Very good. Okay, this leads to my next question, Jessica. Um, can you tell my audience what an agile coach is? What exactly what it is? Okay, so in my day job, because um, Vanguard Voices is different, but in my day job, I work as an agile coach. And um, an agile coach is one who comes into a team and helps them navigate um, to be more flexible, to find more efficiencies, and to provide more transparencies um, to, to what each other's doing and, and, and the products that they are creating. In the old world, if I can say old world, or in some companies, um, there's still a very much top-down hierarchy in terms of um, information or distribution of tasks and completion of tasks, this sort of thing. There's always a team and then there's managers, managers, manager. In the newer world, it's not that this doesn't exist, but the way work is completed is done there differently. And we're still learning about this, although Agile has been existing for a couple of decades now, I believe. Um, but more and more companies are working to this, this new way of like more fluid, fluidness, you know, in how people work. And um, so I come in and I coach teams on how to be more effective from the kickoff to, um, you know, setting up a team purpose to um, setting up team, you know, agreements to retrospectives where they do, you know, a reflection afterwards, after work is completed and the lessons learned from there. And I love it, I must add. <laughs> that That is so important. Uh, and um, it's not always the job that's the hard part of the job. It's, it's dealing with supervisors, management and management. And uh, you want people to be able to come into work and be able to do their job, but they don't want need to worry about other outside influences as well. 100%, 100%. I think people want, when they come into the workplace, they want to, we're hired to do a job. We want mm -hmm. to bring the best of our skills to the table. And in many ways, that's what um, that's what Agile brings. And I have to say from a coach perspective, a co even coach, Agile coach, it's a little misleading because 
we can wear different hats. We flex according to the need of the customer. So whether we are a mentor in one conversation or a coach in another or a trainer in, in another or a facilitator in another, we have to know when to um, put on that hat depending on the audience, whether it's a leader or a team, team member, whoever it may be. Um, yeah, we need to meet them where they are. Yeah, because uh, like I said, I um I know what it's like to be in a company where the environment wasn't great, and and if you want to change an environment or a culture, it has to start from the top. And I think what you're doing is great. And uh, like I said, I think it, uh, a company is only as good as as, as employees are because if you can, you're not going to keep everybody happy. It's impossible. But if you can make it a decent work environment or a good work environment, I think it makes the company stronger as a whole. In my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think what I'm encouraged with is to see more and more companies talking about culture, the understanding that organizational culture is so important, if not the most important um, in, in how to, for a company to survive and thrive. Um, so it's encouraging to see that there are already mindsets um, shifting in this area. It's long overdue. And, uh, how many other than Switzerland? Uh, how many other countries do you travel? Do you go to other countries and 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 talk to various companies in other countries? So over my career, I have traveled to close to forty countries, and it's just with my various positions, not as an agile coach, but in my various positions before. Um, yeah, and so I've basically. For, for me, I've seen, you know, so much of the world and, um, yeah, very fulfilling. It's interesting because when I think back to my first interview, when I was applying for the job here in, in Switzerland, I said to my boss, you know, or the interviewer at the time saying, I want to see the world. I just want to see the world. And, you know, I was this 20 something year old say, saying that simple sentence. And I really, I mean, I've just been blessed in so many ways uh, from a personal perspective, as well as from a work perspective um, to really actually bring those words into reality. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, this, I'm going to ask you the next question. What do you enjoy the most about managing many high-profile organizations, uh, change projects, and leading employment in uh, employee engagement initiatives over the past twenty years? Well, many of these engagements are not um, straightforward, and they are quite complex because you have a number of people who are at the table, stakeholders that need to be heard, understood and um you know felt that they were listened to and so what i enjoy the most is the whole interaction and trying to find uh, with different stakeholders and trying to find what is the right way forward for you know th these very diverse um opinions or perspectives um in order to to move forward and it's people at all levels of the organization and i've learned to just adjust according to different situations and people that I'm in front of. Um, yeah, I think that's what I enjoy the most is, is really the, it sounds cheesy to say, but it's really the people, um, the whole people aspect. 
And one thing I've learned as well, it's not just doing this job or in my other previous careers, but uh, as much as I love talking, uh, listening to others is just as important as speaking. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Um, now, this one I wanted to ask you, Jessica, how important is it nowadays uh, for psychological safety in a workplace environment, no matter what size of the company? And do you deal with smaller companies as well or just the larger companies? Yeah. So psychological safety, you're asking the champion of psychological safety, but there is data behind this. And psychological safety is absolutely the most important in terms of the foundation for success for any team or organization. Um, Google did a study years ago and, and found that for a high performing team, psychological safety, that is, and when I say psychological safety, what that means is feeling free to express your thoughts without fear of a negative consequence. And so people are feeling that they can express their professional thoughts and they can give their best without their, any fear of um, you know, losing their job at the most extreme but, or being ignored or marginalized in any way. Um, so it, if you have that as the foundation, if it's a truly safe environment for people to, to, to speak up, um, the workplace will be not just successful, it will be, this is where, this will, it will thrive. This is where the employee engagement, the employees matter so much more, um, dare I say, than the profit, the profits will come if, 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 if it starts with the employees. Yeah, unfortunately for me, like I said, I've been working on a career change for a while, and I've been in environments um, that were toxic environments, and it wasn't necessarily the job that stressed me out, but toxic environments can destroy a company, and it also leads to high turnover rate and people not taking pride in, the, in their job that they're getting paid to do as well. Absolutely. So, and uh, I know my career change has been a huge difference because I'm, I'm meeting a lot of wonderful people and um, this is something I really enjoy having to do. And, and it's just, it's people skills too. It's how you talk to people and you connect with people more and get more out of them if you talk to them. And, and that's the one thing I have taken out of my other job is I had to deal with a lot of uh, people and stuff like that. And to me, people skills, is huge for management being the head of the CEO of the company to the, the, the lowest person down. And, and, yeah. and I, and I try to treat everyone the same, no matter what. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, that's the world I would like to see is that we can all look at each other eye to eye, irrespective of any title status hierarchy that a person may superficially hold. If I can say it like that. Um, yeah, and I think today there are a lot of workplaces that hire people according to their skills. The skills go before the personality, or um, you know, or the the way of interacting with colleagues. So sometimes the people who have the most skills, who have are you know are the experts, can be a complete, um, completely a toxic colleague or a toxic boss in terms of behavior. And um, and sometimes companies choose to keep them 
just because of their expertise, which is a mistake in itself. It sends the wrong message to employees. Yes, I can relate that with my previous uh, employer. I'll, I'll leave it at that, but uh, totally, uh, totally agree with you on that as well. And uh, I'm just hoping uh, for my new career change, I get judged based on not just my work skills, but my uh, my character and personality as well. Mm. So, all right. Um, now, Jessica, can you just tell us about a little bit about Vanguard Voices? Sure. So Vanguard Voices is a not-for-profit association. Our mission is to bring the topic of psychological safety to the top of workplace agendas. Um, why I started this company, it really stems back to an experience in my current position where some years ago, as our company was trans, you know, kind of um, uh, transitioning into this agile way of working, we were told as employees, let's be bold and let's be courageous and let's be less consensus driven. We need to take more risks in this you know, new environment and experiment more. And around this time, I could see, yeah, there's a lot of change going on in the company, but still there are people, some people afraid to speak up. It's showing up, you know, in, in many different ways. And, um, and so I actually had started a, a movement in my day job, on top of my day job, um, on this topic of psychological safety. And we had tens of thousands of people following us. And I realized, you know, as, as we were going through those years, this is, of course, not specific to our company. This is a human topic. And that's why I formed Vanguard Voices. Because I believe Vanguard Voices, we need to, has the opportunity or what we can do is kind of link arms with people across the world. And in my vision, eliminate <laughs> toxic um, workplaces for good through conversation, through psychological safety. Absolutely. And uh, one day maybe I'll write my own book on my experience as well, because I'll tell you this, it's, it's not fun. Uh, being in a toxic work environment, it, it can affect your life outside of work, which it did for me for a while. And uh, it can cause health problems and also it can affect your mental health as well. hundred percent. It affects every area of your life. I always say that psychological safety, you know, maybe start, start at work, but it ripples into our personal life and into our um, society as well. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, uh, as much as we all love money, uh, sometimes the money is not worth the compensation is not worth uh, all the other factors in a toxic work environment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. All right. This leads to my next question, Jessica. Uh, what are some of the what were some of the challenges? I'm rewording this question. What are some of the challenges of starting up your own business? And and again, what do you enjoy the most about Vanguard Voices? And also, do you do you ever come back to North America as well? Oh, okay. Um, so the challenge with the Vanguard Voices is that I do this on top of my day job, um, like on top of my my normal work job. This is not for profit. And with any, um, I would say association in this case, a not-for-profit, there's a lot of learning, especially in this online world. 
you know, from as simple as creating a website, which is not that simple, <laughs> the, the messaging, um, you know, just the learning all these different tools that are, you know, so many on the market. And I'm just constantly learning um, on, on top of, it just feels like on top, but in a good way, because I have a lot of passion for the topic. Um, so my biggest challenge is time, you know, being able to, to, to get the to right balance between the work, my family, um, and Vanguard, which are the big buckets in my life right now. What I enjoy the most is the fact that I truly believe that I'm living into my passion. I have gone through my career. I've now been working for over 20 years, and I can see the dots of my career connecting, leading me to this point. Because I've gone through my own experiences of, you know, being bullied, or being ignored, marginalized, being just in different situations that many of us have gone through. I think everybody has a story of a toxic colleague or boss. And I can see those dots very clearly. And I can see how I've spoken up in different ways through my career. You know, going back to that guidance counselor who said, Jessica can overcome any um, obstacle. That has helped me in, you know, like subconsciously, that's helped me through, you know, I, my, you know, my ability to get, get through circumstances. And, and so what I enjoy the most is knowing that I'm, I'm here and I want to make a difference. And I don't want other people to go through not what I've gone through, not only what I've gone through, um, what others have gone through. I really would like to see a change in the workplace, in the world of work. I am 100% agree, and uh, I've been bullied as well in the workplace, and I've also uh, been belittled as well, and it's not fun going through that. No. Especially when companies uh, cover it up. So I'm glad there's people like yourself out there that are working to try to change uh, companies' culture because, like I said, I think a company is only as good as its employees. Yeah, absolutely. And I consider myself to be honest, pretty average in the sense that I'm just, I'm no different, no better, no less than anybody else. And, and I truly believe that it takes a lot of us to come together and link arms on this topic. I truly see this as a movement um, because it's got to change. There is a change that's needed. And, you know, we wouldn't put up with, let's say physical abuse, um, why are we putting up with this kind of psychological abuse at times for some people, you know, in the workplace? And we just need to prioritize, not just, not just need, we need to prioritize, measure, monitor psychological safety um, so that these type of instances are minimized. Um, people need to at least feel free to express their thoughts. That's the basic minimum. And I would even say the basic right for, for anyone who's um, working and who's working. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I can't go into my details with my former employee, but I kind of uh, stood up for my rights and, and stuff like that. And unfortunately now it's going to end up going to arbitration and, um, it's just, unfortunately, it came to that. But I don't regret anything I did because I was just uh, standing up for my beliefs and what I thought was right. And uh, like I said, no company 
like I said, nobody should ever have to go through that in any in any company, no matter what your role is. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jessica. Uh, we'll move on to this question. What has it like been? Per what has it been like personally being recognized with more than twenty global awards for this initiative? What kind of a feeling is that? Um, it's it's nice. <laughs> it's humbling. Um, I I got this these awards in many ways because of the internal movement I ran, and um, be, before Vanguard Voices, I should you know just just to be clear. And so that movement, you know, which led to Vanguard Voices, <coughs> excuse me, in many ways, I got a lot of resistance along the way. A lot of people saying, you know, in, in at different levels, but especially at higher levels, who were critical. But the fact was, there, there was this following that we had. And I think, you know, to, to be recognized is... It's it's a very gratifying feeling because it's like, okay, it's a confirmation that in spite of the resistance, we overcame it and here we are being being recognized. So yeah, it's it's um recognized in diversity, inclusion, and leadership and being innovative and a trailblazer. These are um wonderful words um to be recognized as uh and it's just a great feeling too, knowing that you're making an impact and you're helping others. And I can see your passion just from talking with you as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I And my passion comes because I come from that experience and I've heard so many stories. And because I'm a naturally empathetic person and sensitive to, to what others go through, um, yeah, there's a fire in me that is just not going to extinguish, even even after I officially retire from work. <laughs> I think this is going to carry with me till uh, for my lifetime. That's what I feel, at least. And I think that's why I connected with you on LinkedIn, because a lot of your posts hit home with me from my mm -hmm. personal experiences in my working career as well. Yeah, it's sad because we sometimes think when we're going through these experiences that we're alone that nobody else has gone through this or there's nobody to talk to. But it's amazing actually in doing Vanguard Voices, how similar the experiences are around the world, irrespective of company you're from, industry you're from, country you're from, um, humans are humans. So um, it's you know the, the same across the world. So it's amazing. Um, yeah, these, these experiences need to be highlighted more. And we need to share more stories um, so that psychological safety can be prioritized. And that's what I like about LinkedIn as well. Um, obviously, you connect with people, but uh, people like yourself out there sharing your stuff. And it just just hit home. And you're right. I, I used to think I was the only person. But there are so many people, not just in Ontario, but around the world that have been affected by uh, workplace toxic work environments and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to, to go back to what we were talking about earlier, um, it's, it's, it's not just you alone. It really does impact those around you. So if I can think the number of times I've come home and I've had to talk to my husband, you know, with so many tears in my eyes, my children watching. Um, and then on the weekends, you know, if we were meeting friends somehow, 
you know, I, I would talk about it again and it, you know, it's so present and it's so ugly um, and it's so destructive um, in not just to one individual, it just truly ripples out. This, I, this is kind of an ad lib question I wanted to ask you, Jessica, but how yeah. important is having a strong support system nowadays as well? Yeah, that's absolutely clear. I mean, if you have a good family or good friends around you, um, that's gold. It's worth its weight in gold. If you think about the way, generally speaking, people are people are interacting these days, a lot of it is online. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, online, you know, depending on the means, uh, but it can be fake, uh, you know, in terms of how you how you show up. But if you have true solid friendships, um, that's that you know who can people who can challenge you, but also be with you during the you know um, and support you and uplift you. Um, I know for myself, if I didn't have my own support system, I'm I I don't know what I would do. You'd feel so much more lost and alone. And um, in this world where also so many people have felt alone, especially during COVID, um, yes, we need to we need to find we need to make sure people are taken care of. We need to help each other um, in this way. Absolutely, and and uh, you couldn't have, I you said it perfectly, and uh, mental health as well. And 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 I know some people that ended up turning to alcohol because they were so stressed out from their jobs or, or drug dependency. And uh, that's something. That's why it's so important to have a good support system, somebody that'll talk you can talk to and will listen to you as well. And and also too, and no, in, in any career too, Jessica, you also need to be able to. Uh, take a little bit of a break from your work job and and have other outside interests as well. Absolutely. All right. Uh, are you okay for a couple more quick questions? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No problem. And I'm really enjoying talking to you. Like you said, I could probably talk to you for five, six hours about my life experiences and also all the stuff that you've uh, gone through as well. Uh, can you just tell us about being a little bit about uh, being a global uh, cause a cosmopolitan, I'm sorry, I got to work on that, a tongue twister there, and a humanitarian, and working, and, and you mentioned this before, working and traveling close to 40 countries around the world. What were some of your favorite countries that you've visited in your career so far? Oh, favorite countries are really hard. Um, I tend to like Asian countries because of... Um, you know, my, my, my background, I love the food. I love spicy food. Um, but if I had to pick pinpoint a couple of countries, it would, the top would be, uh, South Africa. That's where my husband is from. I just love the spirit of the people when I'm there. There's so much joy. And we were talking earlier about the sun, you know, I think sun has <laughs> the sun outside makes a big difference in people's moods, but it, there is something just really joyous right down to their souls that I see when I'm in South Africa. And, um, you know, with the way they come, they interact with each other, the dance, it's just so beautiful. So South Africa is definitely one of them. India is, of course, one of them. Um, I love Malaysia, Singapore, you know, all these countries that have, yeah, second, third, and fourth, <laughs> um, as I mentioned, like they they all have spicy food. So I'm, I'm partial to that. Um, yeah. 
there uh what's some of your favorite foods traveling into these other countries oh you know to me nobody can tell me otherwise but uh indian food is the best <laughs> it's just that so good biryani chicken chicken curry uh, just everything. I, I I miss it being here in Switzerland, and perhaps that's why I, I I think of Indian the most. I mean, of course, I can cook it here, but it's not the same. I don't have all the same spices. Um, but to me, far by far, Indian Indian food. Nothing else compares. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, what are some other uh, tr uh, traditions in Switzerland for foods there as well? Oh, well, cheese is the most um, known in Switzerland. And chocolate, too. Chocolate, yeah. Yeah. So with the cheese, you can have fondue or raclette. Those are, are quite common. Uh, you don't, I don't see people eating um, a lot of fondue and raclette, especially in the summer months. It's more for the warmer months for that kind of comfort comfort food. But it, it's also delicious, but it's not my, you know, it's not up there in terms of my favorite. <laughs> You're going to laugh at me, but I've never even been on an airplane yet, and I'm 50 years old. So I think I'm going to eventually have to get on an airplane and uh, come visit Switzerland because from the sounds of it, it's a beautiful country. Yes, absolutely. Do you have four seasons there like we do here in Ontario? We do. We do. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite season? Uh, summer. Summer? summer yeah. 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 I mean, Are I they... can go outside and hiking is a big thing here. So people go to the forests and, or, you know, hiking, hiking trails are all over Switzerland. So, um, good, yeah. Good to know. <laughs> to good to that. know because I, I like hiking. So that's another oh. reason that I should probably uh, visit your country one day as well. Mm -hmm. How long is it a flight from uh, Toronto to Switzerland approximately? Oh, I should, I should look that up. No, I, yeah, I think it's something like, don't quote me, but I don't get direct flights uh, from where we are at. So, but let's say door to door is about and I'm talking from yeah leaving the house to arriving is about 12 hours. Maybe the flight itself is about eight. Um, it's faster when we come back. So from from Canada to here because of the wind, it's 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 faster. Um, I'm actually coming to Toronto in July, and I haven't been home in over five years. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's awesome. And you know what? July's not that far away because tomorrow exactly. is the first. I, yeah. I swear, the, the older I get, the faster time speeds up. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it too. <laughs> it does. It does. And uh, hopefully you'll have a nice visit here too. And uh, yeah, I will be in Toronto this summer because I uh, I have uh, CFL tickets to the Argonauts. So I uh, I usually take the GO train from Burlington down to Toronto because it's a lot less stressful because traffic uh, since you've left Toronto 17 years ago, the it's gotten worse for uh, getting down there by vehicle. Oh boy, something to look forward to when we arrive. <laughs> how's how's the traffic in Switzerland since I have you on here? Is that not it's, bad? Yeah, I mean it's it's generally speaking not bad, um, but a lot of people take the public transportation is wonderful. So. Um, it's quite normal to take the trains, you know, from one city to the next, from one country to the next, for that matter. Uh, my husband did an e-bike tour on the weekend. 
he did like 80 kilometers on his own. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. And uh, no, but it's, 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 yeah. So public transportation in general, there's also a tram system um, in Basel. It's, it's, it's just very, very good. And you can truly rely on the times, um, you know, down to the minute. If it says, um, you know, 541 as it is now, the, the train or the tram will arrive at 541. Um, so it's, it's quite reliable and I really appreciate that um, here. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't see the same thing here here in Ontario with our transit. So, but uh, uh, finally, we'll wrap it up. Uh, what do you enjoy the most about living and working in Switzerland uh, with your family? And uh, do you have some favorite places uh, that you like to visit uh, during vacation or when you have some time off? Um, so what do I enjoy the most? What I enjoy the most is... You know, I have three young children. I have uh, three girls who are 10, 8, and 7. And every day they, you know, it's a school year. They're walking to school on their own. I have to say the Swiss system is such that they, you know, right at kindergarten, children are trained. They have to go to school, walk to school without the parents. And so, you know, since an early age, they've been walking to school. And what I appreciate is I have the comfort as a parent in knowing that, generally speaking, they're safe. This is like a safe country. I don't have to worry about, um, I'm not saying that there isn't, um, you know, something can't happen, but generally speaking, I have that confidence in knowing that people look out for each other here. The neighbors look out, they especially love children. Generally, you know, I would say generally speaking, children are, you know, are welcomed and, uh, so I appreciate the safety and the peacefulness, the sereneness of being here. Um, and some of the places to visit, I my favorite city in Switzerland is Lucerne. Um, it was the first city I saw before I saw Basel, actually. And uh, and it's a beautiful, actually, it's a tourist city, but it's, it's beautiful. It has the Lake of Lucerne there, and you can go for boat rides, and there's just a good shopping as well. It's just... Um, I don't know. I, I It's hard to say because actually all of Switzerland is beautiful, but I do pick out Lucerne, partly because of it was one of my first memories uh, when I first came here. I think you uh, might have a new job as a tour guide or um, uh, a tour thing because I think you've sold me on uh, uh, Switzerland just from speaking with you today. <laughs> You have go. you, um, before I wrap this up, have you ever thought about in the future of writing uh, a book about what you're doing? Um, I would like to, I would like to, I think once Vanguard Voices has even more traction, um, I would really like to write a book. Absolutely. I know one of the things that we're trying to do, it's me, I have a team with me. Um, we want to collect more stories and because we want to collect the stories in an anonymous way, because we don't want to put anybody in a difficult, um, position. And this is not about naming and shaming. But I do think that the power of those stories can bring a lot to life and 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 possibly maybe that can come into the form of a book at a later point. Well, you can count me in. Uh, and uh, like I said, I always enjoy your LinkedIn page and commenting on some of your posts and uh, sharing some of your posts as well. I appreciate that. We need to yeah. get the work in there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
my final question I wanted to ask you, uh, Jessica, is where can my audience uh, follow you on social media and uh, your company's website, which I do have it on the bottom of my graphics as well. Yeah. So the the and and you mentioned it like uh, LinkedIn is the uh, Best place. media page where I am the most active. I'm starting to build up a little bit in Twitter, but LinkedIn is is my main page, and then my company page, VanguardVoices.com. Definitely. And uh, I was going to say, Jessica, I want to say thank you so much for coming on my 280th episode since March 2020. And uh, it was great speaking with you. And I, and like I said, I love hearing uh, the stories about your career and a little bit about Switzerland and what your uh, company's all about as well. And uh, just give me a little bit of time after and I will send you a link to the ver video version and the audio version of this uh, show as well. Sounds good. Thank you. No problem, Jessica. I hope you have a great rest of the evening and uh, we'll definitely keep in touch with you uh, through LinkedIn as well. And uh, again, I want to say thank you so much for giving me some time out of your busy schedule today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take I'm just going to remove you and uh, I'm going to wrap up my show. And if you want to uh, speak after for a minute or two, that's good too. Okay. okay. Oops. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed season six episodes. Uh, sorry, season six, episode six today with Jessica Binch. Uh, she's an agile coach, and uh, I really appreciate her coming on today here as well. And you can follow Jessica Binch on uh, LinkedIn. That's the best place to follow her there as well. And you can also check out her website at vanguardvoices.com. That's Vanguard. Uh, voices.com as well guys i did an interview uh about five days ago with the uh, toronto argonauts starting quarterback or not starting quarterback but uh quarterback battling for a position on the team uh cameron dukes uh just bear with me and i'm gonna play this uh clip uh from the university of Guelph from five days ago it's chris palme here again at the alumni stadium at the university of Guelph for day 15 of Toronto Argonauts training camp. And I have a special guest with me this morning, quarterback number three, Cameron Dukes of the Toronto Argonauts. Good morning, Cameron, how you doing? Sure, doing great, doing great, living the dream. Thanks for playing. Uh, can you just tell my audience here a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so 24 years old, uh, first year in the league here in the CFL. Um, just got blessed with the opportunity to come out here and uh, play the Toronto Argonauts, so I'm very thankful. I grew up in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, now live in Navarre Beach, Florida. And then, uh, let's see, a short stint with Las Vegas Nighthawks last year. Uh, played start of five games there, and then I uh, got this opportunity, so I'm, I'm grateful. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with the uh, uh, Vegas Nighthawks? Yeah, with Vegas, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity. I had to go there and uh, get my feet wet in the professional game. Uh, coach Mike Davis is a you know, great guy, great owner, great coach. Um, bless me opportunity to go out there, you know, put stuff on film and got me this opportunity. So I was very grateful for that. Uh, very fast game, short fields, got the walls that are undefeated. If you don't know about it, well, uh, we'll run into a wall and you'll find out very quickly. So yeah, it was a great time. How did you end up with the Toronto Argonauts? Yeah, so um, just through um, help with Coach Davis there and uh, with my agent, uh, we got filmed together, sent it out. And, you know, thankful that they, uh, they liked it enough to give me an opportunity. Yeah. 
you tell us a little bit about your high school career? And you, I believe you also went to Lindsey Wilson College. Yes, sir. Lindsey Wilson College. Uh, my high school career, you know, I played football, basketball, baseball growing up, all region and all of them. Uh, you know, for a long time, I thought I was going to play baseball and then uh, got the opportunity to go play football, which was my passion growing up uh, for Lindsey Wilson College. And I'm grateful for Chris Oliver, uh, my head coach there. They gave me that opportunity. Um, you know, I had a good good run there. It was 40 and five, three-time All-American, a national champion. So, uh, made it work with what I had. So, got me here. Oh, when you played basketball, what position? And baseball, what position were you? And did you have a favorite Major League Baseball team and player growing up? Yes, my favorite baseball player growing up was Derek Jeter. I was a Yankees fan growing up. Uh, baseball, I played uh, middle infield. I pitched. Uh, basketball, I was a shooting guard. Uh, a lot of people think I'm a point guard at heart, but I like to score the points. So. <laughs> Ever played any hockey or just those three sports? Just those three sports. Never had hockey around me growing up, but uh, I'm trying to get my feet wet with hockey. You know, it's big around here. Everybody talks about it, so I'm trying to get my knowledge on them. Okay, um, being an American and coming over to the CFL here in Canada, how much of an adjustment is it to the CFL game? Yeah, you know, the, the bigger field, the wider field. Obviously, go post in front of the end zone is a little bit different seeing when you're right there next to it, dropping back when you're backed up. Um, and then the extra man on the field, the extra defender. Um, you know, it takes time to get used to, but, you know, we're slowly getting adjusted to it, trying to pick it up as fast as we can each day. As, you know, it's getting uh, get more comfortable with every day of practice. So. Can you just quickly tell my audience a little bit about tunnel vision? Because I know old quarterbacks, no matter in the States or Canada, yeah. just uh, mention what tunnel vision is to yes, a quarterback. Yes, tunnel vision is just, uh, you know, staring down receivers. Uh, it's a big thing that, you know, when you – grow in the rankings, you know, defenders pick up on stuff like that and those bad habits. So, you know, playing with your eyes as a quarterback is huge. Looking off defenders to come back to a route on the backside. So, yeah, it's, it's big. So you don't want to have tunnel vision. You know, use your eyes and move guys and be a lot better for it. Thoughts on Ryan Dinwiddie and the coaching staff and, of course, Mike Pinball-Clements. Oh, great. Great staff. Great organization here. You know, everybody's just been amazing from the time I stepped foot in here. Uh, the knowledge that they all have is, is unreal and unbelievable that. You know, to be around guys like that with so much knowledge, to learn every day. I'm just trying to be a sponge, just soak up as much knowledge as I can. You know, I'm grateful for, you know, them giving me this opportunity to come here. How long does it take a new quarterback in a new league and a new system to develop chemistry with the offensive line and also the wide receivers as well? You know, I just think that it depends on the person. You know, you got to be able to, uh, you know, put in the extra time and the effort to, to develop that chemistry with those guys. So, you know, it just depends on who you are and, and uh, you know, what your goal is with that. So, you know, I try to – do my best to reach out to guys even off the field just to build that extra chemistry with those guys. Overall thoughts on training camp here at the University of Guelph and also with the uh, quarterback competition with Chad Kelly, Ben Holmes, and Byron Scott. Yeah, it's been great. Um, you know, these guys are, you know, all have great knowledge of the game. And, you know, although it is competition, you know, it's a friendly competition with us. You know, we all want to see each other succeed so we can lift ourselves up in, uh, in those ways. You know, you, you grow to the level of competition. So I'm, I'm glad to be around those guys with such great talent. Um, you know, the facilities here are amazing at Guelph. So, you know, I'm just I'm grateful to be here, thankful for every second of it, and just trying to soak it all in. And uh, quick thoughts on the uh, first preseason game this Saturday afternoon, 4 o'clock, against the Hamilton Tiger Cats down in uh, the Still City. Yeah, so it's big game for us, big rivalry. So I'm, I'm excited to get out there, get my feet wet with the CFO game. Uh, I'm excited to go, you know, be beside my teammates, my brothers out here, and, you know, have some fun. And what's a fun fact about you that most people don't know about you? Man, that's a great question. I uh, love to sing. I'm a big music junkie, so if I'm walking around, I usually have music playing, usually whistling, singing, doing something with music. So. Favorite football song? Football song, man. 
what's that song called? Uh, Boys can... of Fall. Boys of Fall. Okay, definitely. But uh, all right, and uh, you're, and also before we wrap this up, how did you become a Green Bay Packer fan? Yeah, so my dad was a Green Bay Packers fan growing up. Uh, he introduced me to the game of football, um, and just being around the Packers all the time in my household. You know, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, you know, the Bar Stars, all of them. You know, just being around those legends, that great legacy that they have there. Um, the tradition that they have, it's its just uh, it's, uh, it's a great organization to watch and follow. So, Absolutely agree. I'm an Eagles fan, by the way. We used to <laughs> a couple years ago in Lambeau. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Where can my audience find or follow you on social media? And what would you tell to some, What would you tell somebody watching us who's never been to a CFL or an Argos game yet? Yeah, so uh, at Cameron underscore Dukes on uh, Instagram, Cameron Dukes 12 on uh, Twitter. Um, and for fans that haven't been to an Argos, game yet you know just would love to have the support of all the fans here and it's an exciting game it's built around scoring uh it's fast pace and uh yeah got a lot of talent on this field to play so come see it all right guys i want to say thank you so much to cameron dukes for coming on and uh argonauts first preseason game guys saturday may 27th four o'clock against the tiger cats at tim hortons field again cameron thank you so much yes, for doing this thank you very best much. of luck yes, this sir. season thank and to much. the argonauts thank awesome. you so much thank you. All right, guys, that clip was courtesy of my YouTube channel. And uh, thank you to Cameron uh, Dukes for coming on as well. Guys, just to let you know, my next live with CDP, uh, my next live with CDP Sports Talk, sponsored by Barry Cullen Chevrolet, will be Monday, June 5th at 4 p.m. Eastern. My guest will be Rick Zamprin. He is the uh, morning host from CHML 900 in Hamilton, and he's also the host of the fifth quarter uh, post-game show for the CFL's Hamilton Tiger Cats. So I hope you guys can tune in to Season 6, Episode 7 with Rick Zamperin, who's also a Maple Leaf fan as well, uh, this coming Monday, June 5th at 4 o'clock. We're going to talk 2023 Hamilton Tiger Cats, the 2023 Grey Cup, and preview the 2023 CFL season as well. And there is CFL action uh, tomorrow here at the University of Gulf Alumni Stadium, the Ottawa Red Blacks, Toronto Argonauts, 7 o'clock kickoff. If you can't get down to the game here in Guelph, you guys can uh, watch it through the CFL.ca website, live streamed, or Argonauts.ca as well. I'm just going to read some comments here. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate that as well. And we're going to wrap up the show as well soon, guys. Uh, like I said, we do have um, NBA uh, final start tomorrow, guys. It's going to be the uh, Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets in game one tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. And then game one of the Stanley Cup finals, I believe, starts on Saturday, June 3rd in Vegas with Florida and uh, Florida and the Vegas Golden Knights as well. As always, guys. Live with CDP Sports Talk is live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, and sometimes on LinkedIn as well. Uh, you guys can check out my website at beacons.ai slash Chris D. Palme as well. Live with CDP Sports Talk, again, is brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet Dealership at 905 Woodlawn Road West in the Guelph Auto Mall. Check out barrycon.com for the newest selection of uh, new and pre-owned GM vehicles or give them a call at 519-824-0210 or email them at info at barrycon.com. And also, guys, Chevy Silverado, alert financing as low as 
1.49% for a 2022 Silverado 1500 for up to 72 months. Book yours today at Barry Cullen Chevrolet as well. And thank you so much to Mark Cullen, the president of uh, Barry Cullen Chevrolet, for sponsoring the show. And Mark Cullen, who is the president of Barry Cullen Chevrolet, will be on my show on Wednesday. June 7th at 12 o'clock and Mark's going to talk about his career uh, with Barry Cullen Chevrolet and how Barry Cullen Chevrolet was founded back in 1969 by his late father uh, Barry Cullen as well. Also, guys, you can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. I post a lot of uh, video content there, uh, interviews as well as podcast uh, guest shows as well there as well. StreamYard is the official live stream provider of Live with CDP Sports Talk. If you're into webinars or podcasting, check out StreamYard.com as well. And finally, Live with CDP Sports Talk podcast, the audio version is available on these platforms. iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Castbox, LinkedIn, Stitcher, and tuned in. And also, guys, our weeknights at 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM in Metro Atlanta, the home of Southern Talk and Sports. And a shout out to their station manager, Ryan O'Neill, as well. Finally, guys, you can email or text the Live with CDP Sports Talk at cpame19 at gmail.com, or you can text the show at 519-820-7188 as well. Oops, guys, just one second. Uh, just a technical difficulty there. We're going to wrap up this show as well. But, yeah, again, the 2023 NBA Finals uh, will start Thursday night as Miami closed off uh, the Eastern Conference Final with a huge win against the Celtics last night. And it'll be uh, Miami and Denver starting Thursday night. And the Stanley Cup Finals will start Saturday night in Vegas as the Florida Panthers, who are in their second Stanley Cup, in their franchise history, take on Vegas, who are also in their second Stanley Cup appearance as well. Both teams have never won the Stanley Cup as well. So one of those two teams will be Stanley Cup champions as well. Before we wrap this up, guys, a little fun fact about Switzerland. 7,000 lakes. It's the most innovative country in the world. It has the highest peaks in Europe, longest tunnel in the world. And Switzerland also has the lowest crime rate and also the crew divan. And Switzerland has its own Grand Canyon, and Sundays are a big deal in Switzerland. So, again, I want to say thank you so much to my guest, uh, Jessica Bench, uh, for coming on uh, Season 6, Episode 6 today, 280th episode. And if you want to follow her, you can follow her on uh, LinkedIn. She's on LinkedIn quite often. And before we go, I'll just put her website on her business again, if you'd like to check it out. You can check it out at um, Vanguard's voice vanguardvoices.com as well so uh, i want to say thank you to everybody watching this live streamed and also on my 14 audio platforms as well and this episode will air on wqee 99.1 fm the home of southern talk and sports and metro atlanta uh this week as well so i hope everybody has a great rest of the day uh 
great afternoon. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, my next episode again this Monday, June 5th with uh, Rick Zamperin from CHML 900 in Hamilton. And we're going to talk some Tiger Cats football, CFL football, and maybe uh, talk about the Great Cup being back in Hamilton uh, in 2023 after the pandemic affected the Great Cup in Hamilton in 2021 as well. Again, thank you to Jenna. Uh, thank you so much to my guest, Jessica Benich for coming on here today. And I hope everybody, again, has a great afternoon, great evening, and we'll see you for the next episode of Live with CDP Sports Talk. Again, brought to you by Barry Cullen Chevrolet here in Guelph and on WQE 99.1 FM in Metro Atlanta. Good afternoon, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon for another edition of Live with CDP Podcast. (laughs) 